Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Hello, and welcome to another episode of VEASAN's Long Shots. I am Matt Brown. Joined, the whole gang is here on a Monday. It is Kelly Bidlin. It is Wes Reynolds. And of course, guys, if you don't mind, go ahead, hit the pause before we even get started. Head on down. Give us a five-star review and then hit that subscribe button as well. Do appreciate everything. Trying to set some records around here, and uh, you can do that absolutely free and show your support here for the show. Guys, we're going to review the Arnold Palmer. We're going to talk a little bit about the change made in the elevated events for next season, see if we like that, hate that from a betting standpoint, maybe just an overall tour aspect as well. And then we'll get it, take a quick look at the odds board for the players. Of course, we will have the full preview and our betting card on our episode that we record tomorrow but let's kick things off here Wes the Arnold Palmer Kurt Kitayama gets it done his first PGA Tour victory in his in 50 starts for him and um, you take a look and this is a guy that I think that we've all kind of at some point one way or another have looked at several different times maybe not necessarily from outright markets but certainly from placement markets and stuff because he does have an interesting stat profile for for specific courses and uh, you know he goes out and with this one I was very, very impressed because there there was a chance to wilt under the pressure here multiple different times, and you see those guys that are chasing you on that leaderboard, and guys with uh, you know a little bit lesser mental fortitude probably are uh, are dumping it in the water left and right and shanking tee shots left and right as well. And uh, Kurt Kitayama though does get it done, wins it by one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, I, I thought he, even though, you know, we always want to win and we're competitive, we all had guys in the mix and I ended up having Rory who had a 10 footer on 18 that I thought was going to make birdie would eventually gotten him to a playoff. You certainly would have favored him in a playoff situation, but to your point, I, I think Kurt Kitayama was an absolute deserved winner. So you're always unhappy when you lose, but I didn't feel that I got cheated in right. any possible way because I felt Kurt Kitayama, the guy had a triple bogey at the ninth and still holds off Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth and Patrick Cantlay. Both those guys posted seven under. Harris English, who is a, a PGA proven PGA Tour winner. Terrell Hatton, who has won on this course before. Victor Hovland was in the mix before he put a water ball on 16. So you had several 
actually all of these players more proven than Kurt Kitayama. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, he's going to fade. He's going to fade, you know, because there's such that pressure to win your first one on the PGA tour, even though he's got two DP world tour wins, but credit to him. He hung on, he kept it together. He putted. Well, I think he ended up second for strokes gained putting over four rounds uh, for the Arnold Palmer invitational. So look, we finally got a longer shot, at least win one of these elevated mm -hmm. events. It's been all chalk, 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 but proves that it could still happen. I hope it can still happen in the future as they now go to, what do they call, more elevated events with, with smaller fields uh, next year in 2024. So I hope we can still get some bombs that win these things. Kelly, we take a look at this and, you know, look, I, I been on the wrong side of variance here for the last two weeks, right? Cole last week, and now I have, not only did I have Vic, I had uh, Tyrrell Hatton as well, right? So I had both guys who were literally right there on the back nine and, and couldn't close it out, couldn't figure out a way to, to get it done. But you start to look down this leaderboard, and yes, Roy McIlroy did T2, and yes, Scotty Scheffler did T4, but they didn't win this thing. And I think this goes back yet again because, oh, by the way, our friend started chirping on Thursday again after John Rahm shot the seven under. And said, uh, yeah, you moron. That's why you just play John Rom. He's like, yeah, you're too cocky. You're too whatever. You, too, uh, too stubborn, I think, was the word that was used and, and all that. But, I mean, listen, golf is funny. It is a weird game. It's a very hard game. You can have it one day and not have it the next. You can have it on a front nine and not have it on a back nine. Like, it, smashing, it's, golf betting is not going to be as easy as just smashing John Rom. It's just not. Yep, not at all. It's never going to be. Um Look, I have, this was a great tournament. This is one of those that even uh, you guys had, you guys at least had multiple uh, kind of, uh, you know, guys down the stretch there. All I had was Vic. Once he put that in the water, I was basically done. But this was, I, I, what a great tournament. Great tournament, start to finish. Love it, every second of it. Um, another successful PGA Tour elevated event, I would say. I think how the, how the schedule uh, worked out so far has been incredible. For the tour, and kind of as Wes hinted, this is uh, I don't I don't I, I just I don't understand why we're changing why, why we're going to change any right from what we've seen. So Listen, far. we're going to get to that. Talk about the tournament, damn it! Let's move on. We'll get to that's another we'll get we'll get to that. All right, <laughs> all right. Jason Day, another top twenty, uh, another yeah. top twenty, top ten for him finish. Um, I think it's another guy you got. We got to keep uh, keep our eyes on. Are the odds going to over adjust on him? They're starting to adjust. Uh, we both we all kind of stayed away from him there. Uh, Jordan Spieth, I thought was a pleasant surprise to me this week. He was a guy who was not on my radar at all. Um, big time player though, showed up in a big time spot. He was there down the stretch. Um, look, I, big all the big guys played well, and you had guys like Keegan Bradley and stuff like that going full Keegan uh, left and right. Fitzpatrick, um, I know you guys were on. He, he just couldn't put it together for a full four rounds, but I, great tournament. I think some guys that you can you can take some positive away from like and a Jordan Spieth um and Cameron Young who we've 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 all questioned this year right of, of what you what do you do with this guy where's he at when it kind of when it comes to the stacking of the power rankings of the PGA Tour right now um we saw him have a great first couple days ends up uh their T10 for a finish for him uh, I, th those are some of my bigger takeaways from the tournament. It's just, it's just some yeah. of the specific player performances. Davis what? Riley as well, I believe, finished T8. Mm -hmm. So uh, keep that in mind for the uh, Valspar if he gets the uh, Valspar Revenge Tour as he lost that playoff to Sam Burns last year. So 
I'll be monitoring him over the next. I was going to say that's that's actually one of the names I did want to bring up here. Uh, you know, guys, look, you know, I've no one's bet Sam Burns more than me over the last two years in in the PGA. Sam, he, he's broken right now, so like he yeah. is he is stay away until proven otherwise. But he is. He's bad everywhere right now, and that's uh, that's not good. Typically, if we can find a guy that's kind of just struggling in a single area, we're like, okay, they might, they might can get that turned around. But he uh, he's struggling everywhere right now. So Burns is a is a non carded uh, golfer here for me moving forward, guys. We were all on him, so I think it's worth talking about. And you know, we talk about win equity all the time, and we were all on Victor Hovland. And it's not like we haven't seen him win; we have seen him win, but it's typically in these other type of tournaments when he gets into these big fields. Look, he is a he's a placement machine, right? I mean, he is he's in the mix, but it does seem like we get to Sunday, and in closing with Victor Hovland just isn't there. West, we go back and look. There's tons of these, you know, T threes, T fours, T tens, you know, T twelves, all this like all down the card. But you know, you get to these bigger events, especially over here stateside, and we're just not really getting the wins from Victor Hovland. And I do wonder, are we? Are we going about this wrong? Should we just be betting top tens on Victor Hovland as opposed to these outright bets and things like that? I mean, again, we don't have each way, so we have to go about it differently than right. than other people. You know, if you had an each way bet on Hovland, you're you're feeling all right right now. But like, um, I, I'm wondering for me if the win equity against the very best players in the world uh, for Victor Hovland is there. Yeah, my placement market bet did get it there pretty easily on Hovland. However, to your point. It's tough to bet this guy. His mm-hmm. his short game just sucks. I I don't know how I want to be you know nice about it, but I think I, I saw a stat. I think it, it was from our way. buddy Justin Ray at Justin Ray Golf, Victor Hovland, and this is taking the two years. I don't know what he ended up finishing up, but this was after he had that poor bunker shot where he hit it, you know, and it hit the lip, and then he ends up making I think double on the hole. And still had a chance, actually, late in the round before that water ball on 16. But I think Justin Ray had mentioned these are just the last two years at Bay Hill at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And I know these bunkers may be a little bit tougher in tour average because sand saves on tour average for the entire PGA Tour a little over 50%, 50% change. Victor Hovland was like 6 for 20 at the last two Arnold Palmer Invitationals for sand saves. That's 30%. That's not good. That, this is an elite player, mm-hmm. you know, who, if you look at the stats, I know he hit that water ball in 16, was really up there in strokes gained off the tee, was really up there on approach that hits it so damn good. And his short game is just an absolute mess. Yeah. And why I liked him last week is because, okay, chipping, he's got, you know, out of the rough instead of these tight lies where he really just hasn't shorn up that portion of his game. But that's what's keeping him back. I mean, look, he can win on these Pospalum greens. Yep in Mexico or in Puerto Rico or the Bahamas or anywhere else. But, you know, they don't have a lot of Paspalum on uh, the PGA Tour. You got to win on some Bermuda and some bent grass. So that's what's keeping Victor Hovland. I mean, he's got the game and he's got the yeah. talent. But I wonder if it gets – It's it's got to be a mix of technique and it's got to be a mix of just a mental block with this guy because he's got to be getting discouraged seeing those results. Right. Kelly, you and I were texting back and forth, you know, during the day. And, and you know, it's just – it's one of those things where I love everything about his game, but it does seem like, and we we talked about it as we were previewing, we're like, Victor can get this done if he can just avoid the blow-up holes, and like, yeah. he can't do it. It's just, it's like, it's in his DNA to have these like these blow-up holes that, that put him out of contention of actually winning. I mean, listen, it's a T10 in a big-time tournament. There's nothing to be ashamed of with that at all, but... 
I just wonder if I'm pissing away money every week, you know, on this guy with, with these outright bets. I think maybe I'm going to start, you know, looking more into that top 20, top 10 type market for Vic and until we can see that it's proven that he can go out and win one of these things. Yeah, I think that's uh... – Look, I think it's becoming a thing. Every year, every season, I feel like we go through, as we go through the season, we start circling guys that kind of are the same story. And yeah. it's so far this year for me, it, it's him and, and Sung J.M., right? Like Sung yeah. J.M., you, you can go out there and play all these tourneys you want. It's great, but you you just, you don't win, but you're always finished. You're always there, right? He's always there. So, um, yeah, I think that, Vic has made the list of me uh, of mine of I'm not betting it outright on you until you win one of these things. I I, I mean he's there. I, I'll, I'll bring up you know Morikawa is is there for me as well, but that's more from what just happened at the beginning of this season. And I, I think mentally that guy needs an, an outright win. We know he can do it. Uh, but yeah, that list that list continues to grow. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. One other guy I want to bring up, and and you guys, I mean, uh, Kelly, you you hit it. Listen, he. I don't know if the win equity is there again because it is four days of getting a bit like Jason Day is a top 20 machine right now. Yes. And, and like this guy is just going out and playing super steady golf, which is something we've got to pay attention to. I think another thing that like it might get overlooked because he was never really in contention, but another T14 for Max Homa in one of these big events against the very best golfers in the world. And I think we're getting to the point where we have to consider Max in the same breath as some of these other guys because he he also is just week in, week out, putting himself inside the top 20 in these tournaments. And right, it, it, that's something where we, we talk about the big three and I think we have that next tier of guys that we always kind of, you know, put into a, a lump. And, and I don't know if Max has really been in that lately, but certainly for me now, I think when we look at that outside of the big three, Max Holm is going to be there for me. Yeah, without a doubt. He deserves, right? It's, it's you know, that next tier down, right? He He's right up there. For me, at least, he's right up there with the Finals, the Cantlays, the Morikawas. The he's the sixth choice on the board yeah. right now. Sorry to interrupt. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's the same price as JT. Yeah. Or as, you know, ahead of Xander Shoffley, ahead of Morikawa, ahead of Finau. And kind of have to put him I was, was going to say, right? Kind of right. have to. Because if, if we win equity. If, if, I'll put it this way. The three of us, if, if of the guys you just named, Wes, and we were saying, like, Who's going to win a tournament first? I'm probably picking Max Homa at all those yep. guys. It's just, it's, he's the guy that has shown that he can go out there and can get it done on a Sunday, you know? Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm looking at with that. One other thing before we move on, uh, guys, Scotty Scheffler, this Ooh. is, you know, look, another T4 for this dude. He lost putting for the entire tournament. He almost lost two stro- 1.75 strokes in round four and still only lost this thing by two strokes. Like, okay. this guy is right there. Like, I mean, it's just the putter let him down in this tournament. He would If he could have just putted average, he'd have won this thing by two strokes, but he couldn't, and that's, you know, that's where we sit. But still, a T4 for him, yet again, I, I mean... I know we can, we talk about Rom, and it's because Rom's whatever. Like, I mean, Scotty is right there. Mm-hmm. How about Rom no, I, I, losing I, I, seven strokes off the tee, yes. by the way? <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I'm so glad you brought up Scheffler, though, Matt. He's, he is maybe the most head-scratching guy to me when, when he doesn't win, right? Because yeah. it's events like you just saw where, I mean, it's, it, it was that with the putter this week. And then the one thing that, I mean, look, this has been kind of his thing, ever, you know, even for the past year. But it's, it amazes me how many 
holes he misses the damn fairway on and then is still able to yeah. save par, make birdie, whatever. And it's just something that it's something that he's already behind the eight ball when you're talking about guys like Rom and Rory right off the tee so many times it feels like and he's still coming through. So I Matt, I'm with you. I, I don't know I don't know if it's you know the players. I I, I doubt I'm gonna be firing on him there, but oh my gosh, do I have Scotty Scheffler circled big time for as we roll into some of these events mm-hmm. over the next couple months. Because I you every time I watch him and I feel like he's screwing up more than the average golfer on there. And then, like you said, he's still posting these amazing finishes every single time. Yeah. And you mentioned Keegan as well. Listen, I, I don't I don't know if the outright bets are going to come for me on Keegan. But let me tell you, it's Whew. if you don't want to talk about steady Eddie results and just kind of like consistently putting himself Top 40s are printing, top 30s are printing. I, I followed you guys on Bradley. Yeah. I actually added that on Wednesday night. I added three. I think I ended up going like two and one. I added Hatton for a top 20. Mm-hmm. I added Fleetwood and Bradley for top 40s. Uh, the Fleetwood didn't get there, but the Bradley did. So yeah. two and one on the late ads. And, you know, because usually on the placement markets, I will try to do those maybe the day before. I yep. do the outrights and the matchups and then the placement markets. But, yeah, Keegan Bradley. I, 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 these placement markets are an absolute lifesaver. And yep. I, I was, I was kidding, uh, Gil Alexander earlier on a numbers game on VEASAN. And, you know, I was basically, uh, channeling my inner Jimmy Vaccaro where it's like, yeah, we want a ham sandwich. And that's literally <laughs> what we want, but it's yeah. better than losing a ham sandwich or losing more when you have these placement markets. I mean, these absolutely saved me last week, you know, because when you're betting, you know, six, seven outrights and they don't get there. Well, depending on, you know, your bankroll or your unit size, you got to have something to kind of mitigate that risk or other opportunities to win. And I think placement markets have absolutely been the way to go. And Kelly, uh, our final tip of the tip of the old cap to, to Seamus Power uh, for us this Hell week, yeah. uh, going out that <laughs> finishing uh, DFL of the guys that did make the cut. So uh, we win that we win that head to head. That's a good uh, tip of the old cap there to Seamus, the six over um on the final round to get to uh 12 over for the tournament so do, do appreciate that from from Seamus yeah well. I, I don't know I don't know what was going on with the uh with the Irishman I uh on <laughs> Sunday but man they I'm just like you look at the bottom of that leaderboard it's like Seamus Shane Lowry Patrick Harrington man they all they all had a rough Sunday it, it, they did for sure but it was a fun tournament and uh as we uh we'll, we'll certainly talk about the players here in just a second but the big news came out during the tournament, actually, that they were going to make a big shift in these elevated events as we head into next season. And guys, they were talking about 70 to 80 player fields, saying that there's going to be no cut events, et cetera, et cetera. And now, look, from a business aspect, let's start with just the business aspect mm-hmm. of this, and then we can get to the betting aspect. But from the business aspect, I get it, right? Look, there are they, they want to keep these prize pools high. If you want to do that, you're going to have to get additional sponsors and di- additional sponsorship money. And with that, they're going to want the best product that they can possibly get. And they want people not only watching on a Sunday, even when, you know, their guy isn't necessarily in contention, they're getting their bang for their buck for their advertising and stuff like that. But they also want people out at the course on a Saturday and Sunday, you know, even if their guy isn't necessarily in the mix. And that's another thing that comes with all that. These, they have these, you know, on-site activations and all the stuff that they've got going on. And so from a business aspect I absolutely get it and I understand it because, you know, and I actually think that the players, and despite them being fairly young, right? I mean, we're talking about guys in their mid-20s and stuff. I mean, you hear somebody like Scotty Scheffler come out and say, like, you know, as I was, if I was a kid, 
you know, and I'd gone out and my, my, my parents got me tickets on to the Saturday, you know, and, and my favorite golfer and I'm so hyped and all this. And like, we get out there on Saturday and dad goes, Oh yeah. Um, no, no. Uh, your golfer missed the cut. Like he's not going to be out here, you know? And like little things like that, like I get it right from a fan and a viewing experience and all of that from a business standpoint, I totally get it. Uh, Kelly, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I know it's, the shades of live stuff and all the things like that. But I mean, if you're the PGA tour, you want these guys to show up, you want them to be invested. You want them to be promoting every single thing they can promote outside of the course on the court, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You want the sponsors to be happy. It's just kind of thing after thing, after thing, after thing to where this does at least make some sort of sense. And before we, I'm going to kick it to you, but it's not yeah. like we didn't have no cut events before, right? I mean, these WGCs mm-hmm. were no cut events and all these things. So, I mean, like it, we, we, we've had no cut events on tour before. Yeah, I don't look. I, I think from the business side of things, yes, you laid it out well. TV partners are going to be more attracted to this type of an event uh, with the big names. Um, I just, I, I don't like the percentage now of of events that it's going to take up. I think that I think there's also the business side. Look, I'm, I'm going to take away betting, I'm taking betting away from this conversation. I'm not bringing that up. I don't think there's the business side of it and the fan side of it. And I don't know. I struggle from a fan side of it where it's the I don't know. Would you have rather had that tournament yesterday without Kurt Kitayama at the end? Like, does the average fan, is that what the average fan wants? I don't know. Like, I think that's a great story. Like, part of golf to me is some of the stories. These guys that come out of nowhere that make a big name for themselves. And I know, yes, I know they're going to have other other chances to do that um, and stuff like that. But it's, I mean, I'm watching Kurt Kitayama close on the biggest stage in golf um, you know, up until this point in the season, uh, with the leaderboard stacked like it was, like that was, I, that was an incredible viewing experience to me. To me, that if he's not there, it it takes away from it. it I don't think it makes it a better product. Um, but look, that's that's obviously, I think that's pretty obviously what the tour has had to battle with the two sides of that thinking. Um, and look, guarantee if you're guaranteed star power, you're guaranteed a a high floor, right? When it comes to your ratings, probably. And sure, I guess from a business uh, stance, it makes sense. I hate it, but I, I but I understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I reacted as such last week when this first happened, you know, I, I did not like it. I think the cut is part of it. And then I, what, what I think happened is you give these live guys like moral high ground when they have none to stand on to say, Oh, but you're doing this and, and they get to play what about is a med nauseum. And that's one of the things that's annoying about it. It's like, why are you trying to be like them, you know, and kind of copy their model? Because as Kelly said, I think the PGA Tour model is working. It's them that's losing momentum. It's Liv that's losing momentum. They're not able to procure the stars that they everybody thought they were going to in the offseason. The TV ratings have been a blip on the radar screen for the CW. I know it was the first tournament, but when you got major markets that are not carrying your event, that are refusing to carry based on maybe – who live is funded by and who is really footing the bill for that tour. But I'll bring in attention uh, to the listeners. If they want to find a Twitter thread that did give me some insight that made me like you guys say, understand this a little bit more, even if you were not a hundred percent on it uh, at Nathan C Hubbard on Twitter, who is the brother of Mark Hubbard, who's kind of, you know, a, 
a good solid PGA yeah. tour player, certainly not elite, but certainly a guy this would affect, you know, where it's like, Hey, I got to make the top hundred or I got to make the top 70, you know, to get in the FedEx cup, Nathan Hubbard, by the way, former uh, CEO of Ticketmaster and live nation. So he's been an executive in the entertainment industry for a while, but he pointed this out, you know, about, uh, and I think it was like an 18 tweet thread, you know, kind of talking about, okay, why do I think that this is a little bit of good thing? And, you know, pointing out, okay, what this is doing and, you know, the, the, the good things about it. So that's something I won't go through all the tweets here in the interest of time, but that's a thread at Nathan C. Hubbard on Twitter that will at least give you insight. And Matt, you mentioned the business. And I think Rory was very candid when he said, hey, if you're MasterCard and you're the, which was the presenting sponsor, by the way, of the Arnold Palmer Invitational, you're spending $20 million. You want your money's worth. You want yeah. stars there. I mean, we talked about it. Kelly and I talked about it last week with Honda. Honda, they don't sponsor that just to have a little sign on the course. They want activation opportunities. Mm -hmm. That means they want spectators being able to sit in their new SUV or their new four-door sedan. Hey, look at all the features in the interest of selling cars. So you want sponsorship activation, and that's going to help when you have stars and you have top players there. But it seems to be a little bit too exclusionary for me. I thought maybe they could have found a happy medium where they could have had like a cut maybe put a hundred players and then, mm. okay, here's the cut down to 60, you know, mm. to where at least you're making it. And, and what I think they're trying to do, they're trying to make it, you know, where there's not necessarily a guarantee where you've got to earn your way into these events. Cause that's the thing with live. There's no earning. Right. Anything. Right. Yeah, because nothing matters. Right. Nothing matters. You're in the field and you're getting whatever money you sign for. It doesn't matter whether you win or it doesn't matter whether you're 48th. I mean, look at some of those big names that would have been cut. Those guys that finished yeah. like in the bottom half, like Dustin Johnson and these guys, Louis Dazen. There, there's no like incentive on, on live. And I still think there's at least an incentive here, even though I didn't think that they had to go this route. Yeah, and from a betting aspect, though, guys, I do think it is at least mildly interesting because you look at these events, especially these lower scoring events, and if there's no cut, if you are not way off, right, and the scoring is lower on the first couple of days, I mean, and when I say lower, I mean higher, like, y'all get it. It's such a weird way I have to you have to phrase it, right? Like, it's like, it's like the, the number itself is like, like to, to relative to it. Um, so, you know, let's say the, the cut line is, is, you know, whatever, minus three or something like that, or minus four, one of these really tough courses, really hard courses, and you're sitting, you know, plus one, plus two, the cut line's even, whatever it might be, like, like, I do think from a betting aspect, if that guy is named John Rahm or Roy McIlroy or Justin Thomas or any of these dudes that we know that can go super, super low in any given round, any given day, I do wonder if it makes us have, I mean, it's weird to say, but I wonder if that does present in some events anyway, additional betting opportunities um, for, for some of us, right? I mean, like, again, it would have to be a specific type of tournament at a specific type of, of score profile as we headed into what typically would have been the cut. But I do wonder if guys that are kind of hovering around that cut line and their name is Scotty Scheffler or any of these dudes that we know that can go seven under in any given round, 
if that isn't uh, at least mildly intriguing from a betting standpoint. You're, you're saying from the guys, so you're you're saying the guys that would typically miss the cut that right, like on the number. Say yeah, say like you miss the cut on the number. Yeah, and but it's like a lower type scoring event as it is anyway or whatever. And uh, you know, it's I do, I do wonder if there will be some of those opportunities. I don't know. I can't see the future. Oh, I, and it would take a specific type of event, and I get all of that. But I, I'm just trying to think from a betting aspect. Will that? Is this definitely all negative from a betting aspect, or are there some sort of ways that this could end up being positive? I don't think it's even I like. I guess I sound I sound the most unhappy of the three of us with these changes. But but no, even I think even I'll say, Matt, it's a. I think it's it's just a a different betting opportunity, much like I think mm-hmm. a like a match play setup is as well, right? Like that's just a different style of betting. By the way, I, sorry to interrupt again. I'm more upset about that because it appears the Dell match play is not going to be on the next year's schedule. I'm more upset no, about man. losing a match play event. I know that that's hard for betting. That's a hard tournament to bet. We've discussed this before, but. I like having something different, you know. So, so, and that—that that was kind of my point, Wes. Is, is I like, I like, I like the different style of events. I just don't like them to be overwhelming, right? This is right. This feels like it's going to be a lot next year of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the the problem with the match play event, and we all know that it's like it's terrible for television, right? It, yeah. It's like it's absolutely god awful for television. It's and good so, for like hardcores, you yeah, know, that yeah. love this stuff, and it's a different type of bet because it's tough to bet like futures and stuff. So you got to bet out of the pods, or you got to mm. bet individual matchups. If you're a matchup better, it's 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 a gold mine. If you're really good at matchups, but. I like the event just personally, just because it's different. It's a yep. different dynamic because look, I like Ryder cup. I like president's cup. It's in more individual and not obviously a team event like that. Those are, but yeah, I, I just, I don't want, I want these events to be unique Yep, and, and not just about money. And, I think you know, there's a way they can figure out how to revamp some of this stuff, right? Like make it to where, uh, cause like the problem with the television part of the, uh, of you know, whenever you do like a match play event, right, is because as you whittle it down, there's only so much golf you can show. So like there it becomes right. a point it becomes a point where when there's only two groupings on the on the course, right? And like it takes three minutes between shots that like there's just nothing to show on, on television, right? So it's like they gotta figure out how to revamp it, right? Like it, if 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 you get eliminated like on, you know, something run a consolation deal, whatever they, they got to do something. I like, got to keep guys on the course. They got to keep like where you can televise. And I think there's a way to go about it and they can, they can figure something out there because the, the problem with that is just the, the televised part of it got so bad in the ratings. Even if you had two guys, two stars at the end, and then it's a nightmare when it's like Billy Horschel is like, you know, your finalist mm-hmm. and like, nobody's watching, you know, like no one's right. Watching. So it's uh they they'll figure it out I hope and and as we continue to it seems like they're oh, one thing I'm very very happy about at least with this right guys is golf was so stale for so long it was so stale for so long that at least they're trying stuff right I mean like yeah. we got the same thing every damn year over and over again because it was like it's basically like the it's basically like the sportsbook apps in Nevada right where it's like oh whatever they're gonna bet anyway so uh, whatever like there's no right. need for us to like make it better like you know they're gonna bet anyway we don't need to keep up with all the everybody else it's kind of like the same deal with the PGA there was, there was no competition whatsoever so it's like we're not incentivized to make it better like, to, to hell with it you know yeah. so at least they're trying stuff now. Okay, okay, it's a it's a good point, Matt, because I I I will I'm not thrilled about it in my mind right now, but I think you just played good good betting psychologist for me right here where I would say <laughs> like I would say the 
the past two months since Hawaii has been some of the most fun two months of golf that I can remember just yeah. period. And what is that? That is based off of partially the PGA tour switching up things. Mm-hmm. So to your point, that is absolutely played out this way uh, or played out that way so far this year. So who am I to say, if they continue to make these small changes, they're not, it's not going to be an even better product. I guess I don't know that for sure. I don't think it's going to be. I'm against it. I feel like I'm against it, but maybe that's just old man get off the lawn coming out of me. Yeah, I like it. I like it. At the, at the very least, I mean, you know, we're we have this year as it is, and then we'll you know we'll move into next year, and then we can we can bitch and moan about it then maybe like that's you know right. what it is yeah, yeah as we right. as we get going. All right, guys, we are off to the Players Championship. Of course, we will have the full preview of all of this tomorrow. So. Uh, if you do want to give us a little bit of support, as we said, go ahead, give us a rating, a review, go ahead and subscribe, keep all those numbers climbing, get this thing in front of more people. But top of the leaderboard, no surprise, Roy McElroy, John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, 9-1, 9-1, 11-1, and that's just how it's going to be basically at every big tournament as we move forward, unless one of these guys gets injured or something. Patrick Cantlay at 16, Justin Thomas at 18. Max Homa at 20, Colin Morikawa at 22, Xander Schauffele at 25, as is Victor Hovland. You get Jason Day, and the steam has caught up to Jason Day, fellas. Jason Day, 28-1 to 1 in this super stacked field. Tony Finau, 30. Zalatoris, 35, as is Tyrrell Hatton. Matt Fitzpatrick, Jordan Spieth, Cam Young all come in at 35. So, Wes, it's just one of those things where you look, and we're getting numbers on Sung JM at 40, uh, yeah. you know, and all this stuff like that. So, I mean, this is kind of where we're kind of where we're at with all this. Yeah, one point I wanted to bring up before we wrap up here. If you're looking for like form, you know, I talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, course form, especially you are not going to find it here. Like everybody has missed a cut. Yeah, everybody. I mean, there are very few guys that have like made the cut every year unless they played like two years and made the cut both years. Every elite player has missed a cut here. Rory McIlroy won this in 2019. He missed the cut in 2017 and 2021. Cantlay's missed cut here. Thomas, who's won here, has missed cuts here. Rahm has missed cuts here. Like, everybody has missed a cut. So you're not going to find that usual, okay, top 10, top 20, top 10 the next year, top 5 the next year. So keep in mind there's a lot of variance here. Maybe another way to use it is a course designer Look, uh, Pete Dye design here at TPC Sawgrass. So not necessarily a bad idea to at least look at guys who have played well on those courses, like at the RBC Heritage and uh, some of the some of the other Pete Dye tracks that you see on the tour. Kelly, one of the things we're going to have to fight if we do want to look at course history would be the fact that Justin Thomas comes up. If you pull up course history here, you look over the last 50 rounds, just you know, if anyone, I mean, I, I, obviously no one has 50 rounds. Justin Thomas has 40. The most would be Tiger with 44 here, but t- Justin Thomas has 27 rounds on this particular course, and he is number one in strokes gain total of everybody in this field. The problem becomes is that Justin Thomas is not playing like Justin Thomas in the yeah. fact that we're get, it, the fact that the number hung on him right now is 18 to 1 it's it, you just can't get there like he his his numbers should be more in line with what it was last week i mean he didn't do anything this past week that would lead us to believe that Justin Thomas should be where he is on the odds board right now. Listen, I love JT, and you you and I have bet him a million times. Wes bet him a million times. But, look, we have to go with what we're seeing with our own eyes here. And, and Justin Thomas is is not the Justin Thomas that, that we know and love right now. 
Yeah, uh, you know, because of his positive course history here, he would have to. Yeah, he he he's not someone I wouldn't bet, but he'd yeah. like you're saying he'd have to draw. He'd have to fade back into the numbers that we saw last week, which was around thirty to one. And I don't think that's happening this week. Although I will say, from from some of the openers I saw last night, he's already starting to drop back. So if you have interest in betting Justin Thomas, just just wait. I, I don't Hang think out. there's any. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason why that's going to stop uh, here over the next, tw- you know, 24, 48 hours. So uh, that would probably be my recommendation. But, yeah, I'm Matt, I love the guy. I love that. He's won me a lot of money before, but I, I, I can't. I, there's no way I could at 18 to 1. No, no way. Wes, when you, when you first saw the odds for, for this tournament, you saw the top. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get any argument from you on Rory or Rom or Scheffler. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. yeah, Rom had a bad tournament last week, but it's, you know, it is what it is. He's been spraying the driver a little bit as it is anyway and been getting away with it, and it, he just couldn't get away with it this week. But I mean, last week. But uh, when you kind of see where the odds fall this week, were the, was there any name that jumped off the page to you as either one way too short or two kind of way longer than you thought? Yeah, you guys mentioned it, obviously, with JT. I wanted a little bit more. I actually hit him a couple of years ago when he was 25 yeah. to 1. Just and, and that's one of those old things where it's like you get a certain quality of player and they get to a number. It's like, damn the stat analysis or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just go in and, you know, uh, maybe if Thomas can get closer to 25, I would be interested. But J- Jason Day, look, uh, Jason Day, former winner here. I feel like sometimes, you know, when it, the market goes in, because a lot of people like Jason Day, and yep. I didn't end yep. up betting him last week. Maybe it's like, okay, you come in the next week. And then I would have thought his price would have been in like the 40 to 1 range. He might have drifted upwards a little bit. And he didn't really because, you know, he continually, no, I think, gets very good form. Uh, uh, Ricky Fowler, I know, fell apart on the weekend, but he's now down to like 60 to one. I bet him at like almost 80 last week at Bay Hill. Right. So it's like, can I come back on on him uh, uh, from from that standpoint? So, you know, you've got like Adam Scott, former winner here, 100 to one. It would not surprise me to see him up there. Uh, I'm going to have some weird numbers this week. Uh, uh, you know, you know who was actually pretty quietly very good last week at uh, uh, at Bay Hill, uh, especially with the Irons, was Webb Simpson, mm-hmm. who's a former winner here. I'm mm-hmm. seeing him at 150. I think he was 200 this morning. He was like fourth in the field on approach. Homa was number one, then Clark, then Finau, then Webb Simpson, then Emiliano Grillo, who, if you looked at his ball striking, should have won the damn tournament, but he lost like <laughs> almost nine strokes it, over four it, days it, on the green. It's like it's, it's like one of those things you laugh about. But honestly, guy, we're like, it's like it's like some of these dudes. Like I very rarely put putting into anything. I these guys are all for by and large like putters, good putters in the swing one way or the other. But holy hell. Grio is the worst damn. I mean, it is unbelievable. Like it is just consistently terrible. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, looking, this is where you will want to mix it up a little bit. You know, I've been saying it's been mainly chalk and I'm not overreacting to Kitayama at over 201 winning here, but this is a tournament with a lot of variants where you don't get a lot of course form. So I'm sure all of us are going to have at least one and maybe multiple triple digit shots on the card this week. Yeah. The uh, interesting, yeah. interesting one for me, Kelly, I want to get your opinion on is just, you know, as we kind of look down the card and we start to say like, okay, are they, are they really worthy of the number? Look, Morikawa sitting 22 to one right now. It seemed to me like that course kicked his ass last week that like yeah. that those wins got going and he couldn't figure out how to deal with the win. Now, 
we don't know if there's going to be wind yet. Again, where it's a Monday, there could be, could not be. Listen, it's Florida golf. It is what it is. Um, but for me, I think Colin needs to be more in that like Finau Zalatoris range right now when we talk about outright price. 22 seems way too short. He seems more mm-hmm. that kind of 30 to 35 golfer to me right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I got no interest on him. I, there's a, yeah, I'm interested to see what the model spits out and what I end up on this mm-hmm. week. I, you know, I, Wes, you brought up the point earlier. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, tournament history here is rough, right? Like these mm-hmm. guys. You know who's got good tournament history, Kelly? <laughs> the Keegs. The Keegs. Well, he's, yeah. he, like, dating back to 2017, he's made every cut since 2017. There is a. Roughly a 99.8% chance that I'm going to have some sort of bet on Keeks. Of course, we know that. We know that. Um, but no, I, I think that I think as far as my outright card, it's probably going to be short. I think this is another one. I'm going to probably probably be short uh, on outrights this week pre-tournament and look to get more involved in tournament again uh, uh, like last week. And that was oh, – look, I, you know, I kind of want to pick your guys' brain on this. The outrights, I think you're right, Wes. Maybe it's, it's some of those you lean, some of the longer shots. Mix those in. It's also maybe a spot uh, to play some, le- you know, some of the less finishing position markets. Or if you are, you know, make sure it's a Keegan. Like, you're very certain he's going to finish top 20, top 40. Um, but, you know, yeah. I think those are, those are the things that do concern you at a course like this, for sure. Yeah, and – for for me, you know, last week again, I was I was able to because I had two guys in the running. I was able to you know to just figure out how to profit last week and all of that. But I mean, you know, I could only do that because both guys I had were thirty seven and thirty four to one, right? Like so, I was able to figure out how to how to maneuver a way to to profit that, and that's why I think getting some of these guys at some of these numbers that we think honestly have a chance to compete. We're not just dart throwing, right? Like guys, right. we honestly think right. have a chance to compete, and we put ourselves in a position on Sunday to where even if the guy doesn't win, we're going to lock in a profit for the week. So, Wes, I know that there's some interesting names, certainly, as we get way further down the board, and we'll talk about them tomorrow. But, I mean, we're talking about guys, you know, it, he, hadn't been, he hadn't been the greatest, I get it, but, like, Hideki's 80, you know? Right. like I mean, like, we're getting guys, like, that, that are proven winners that are at really big numbers and, and probably justified because, again, the top three guys are the top three guys. But I think there will be some interest from us in some of these these big proven names on tour that maybe there's just one little thing about their game right now that we'd like to get better, but Hey, these guys are really good and they can figure things out pretty quick. And so um, that's kind of how I, I, I'm with you, Wes. I think that there'll probably be a couple of, of, of longer shots, but, but they're longer shots, but with real equity, right? Like at least yeah. maybe if it's not win equity, at least equity to, to make sure that I profit for the week. Yeah, and, I, and I'll go through it. Uh, obviously, you have had shorter shots. You know, Rory or Tiger won here at nine to one. Jason Day at twelve to one in twenty sixteen. Rory twenty nineteen fourteen to one. But you've also had Webb Simpson uh, hundred to one in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Siwoo Kim five hundred to one yeah. in twenty seventeen. Martin Keimer in twenty fourteen ninety to one. Tim Clark hundred to one. One of the shorter hitters off the tee, mm-hmm. pretty much ever since I've been watching golf. So. You get a lot of variance. Yep. I mean, you, you really, you know, this isn't, there's chalk that's won here, and then there's bombs that have won here. I yep. think the last two years, Smith was 33 to 1. JT ended up closing 20 to 1. So it's been a little more chalky the last two years, but you get random guys. Craig Perks is one here. You always get a couple guys that are like, 
who the hell is this guy? If you're like, you're a casual that's watching this event. So that's something to keep in mind. I'll bring back the, uh, the Pete Dye, obviously Harbortown, TPC River Highlands, uh, TPC Louisiana, where they play the Zurich in New Orleans, Austin Country Club for the match play. Those are ones. That's why I think Jason Day is so short, by the way, because he's won mm-hmm. on a ton of Pete Dyes, Whistling Straits, Crooked Stick, Austin Country Club. So, you know, that's something maybe you use a little bit more this week than you ordinarily would with the course designer link. Guys, we will be back here tomorrow with a full preview and our betting cards. Again, anything that we add as well, we try to put on Twitter for you guys. And certainly you can find over on vsin.com in the best bet section. So be sure and take advantage of that. If you are not already a subscriber, we have a trial offer that is going on over there. And uh, if you don't want to pay the trial offer, I think they give you like a free week or something like that if you just sign up for the newsletter. So something else that you can do to at least kind of poke around and see what's going on with everything. Kelly's good about getting that stuff. Make sure that it gets uh, posted and up on site if we do make any ads throughout the course of the week as well. So we'll be looking not only at outrights. Again, we'll be looking at uh, matchups. We'll be looking at placement market stuff and give you our overall thoughts on guys that we really like and even the guys that we are going to fade for Wes and Kelly. I'm Matt. See you guys tomorrow. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.